time for another episode of 252 with your hosts Ralphie D and Frank G and today's special guest Professor Pat and Princess Crazy Girl. As you may have guessed from this week's intro, we have a large cast of friends that will drop in from time to time. Our hosts Ralphie D and Frank G are always around, but you never know when Professor Pat, Princess Crazy Girl, Tone G, Salvation, Agent 14, or any of the other members of the Retro Nerds crew will wander into the studio with something on their minds. And you know, nothing is off topic here on 252. As always, send us your questions and comments via email to retronerds252 at gmail.com and find us on your favorite social media via our webpage at retronerds252.com. Now that that's been said, does anyone have any questions? Is this the segment where we get blown? Let's see. You've been asking that for about 25 years now, and it has happened exactly zero times, so probably not. I'm still wondering why you guys all have such sexy voices. How you guys didn't have girlfriends when you were younger. Uh, Pat did. No. I, just, I didn't. Pat, I didn't Ralph, hear him. Ralph sort of did, I guess, at some point, but mostly yeah. after I was gone. Not too much while I was around, but afterwards, as soon as I left, he started getting a left and right, you know. It's just, I was the bad luck there, I guess. Oh, well, I haven't heard Pat yet. But you'll hear him eventually. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now you sound like, now you sound like Pat. It's good stuff. All right. I was the fat Italian dude. He was the skinny Italian dude. So we were like Mario and Luigi. Uh-uh. Hopefully I don't sound too much like me. Well, that depends on what you say. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to figure out, I've got like a Bose set up on my computer. I think if I got a, I, I'm just using like a headset that came with one of my phones. And so I have to toggle between. So when I called you and it didn't pick up, I put the speakers back into the main connection. So I think I'm good now. You know how I am. I try to make like one setup work for everything. I'm trying to see how I can make the speakers work and then just you, drop in a headset or something. You need like three Y cords and one of Ralph's 9-volt batteries. <laughs> it fix anything. I was tripping on like when you used to have to look at like web pages and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, I saw a lot of crazy, like, what, it doesn't even seem like it would be, like, porn, but yet it was, you know? So, what, do they just, like, kick, like, questionable websites over to, like, a group to review it or something, or? They kick everything over to, to review, you have to, you know, I don't know how many people they have, but you had a wide variety of everything that would pop up and you had to go through and see if it matched the keywords and see if it actually had some adult stuff when it didn't say it was and you know basically assign the rankings that would you know put it in the search order oh gotcha and then, okay. and then some people would be like well automatically reject anything that popped up with an 18 plus on it so then you know i said i don't care so that you would get an extra amount of those because so many people said no thanks but it didn't have a, like, you know, sexual preference checkbox, you know. It's just like, here's everything. <laughs> I hope you're good oh. with this. I was at Meyer the other day. It had a 65-inch 1080p LED. It was a pretty decent TV, like 400 bucks. 
Like it's like the size of your wall, you know. This was five thousand bucks a couple of years ago. Now it's you know four or five hundred bucks. Oh, really? Right. And pretty pretty soon then those will be the two hundred dollar models, and everybody will have that, you know. So then you could just start buying a bunch of those and, and replacing your walls with video monitors, and you could look out at like whatever you wanted to, you know. Mm-hmm. If you if your entire walls are made of HD video screens, that opens up a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> I want to have like a, a whole hallway full of those so I can walk down and have a whole bunch of naked chicks greet me in the morning. That'd be cool. Oh. <laughs> like the portraits in the Harry Potter castle where they all talk oh, okay. and stuff. Just like that. They can't come out of the picture. They're just stuck in the frame because it's TV. But, you know, you can have the little sensors so that they know who you are and say hi and stuff. That'd be cool. All righty. I could greet guests at the door. That'd be neat, too. You're just going to pay girls to be on camera to say good morning to you. No, I wouldn't have to pay them. There's already enough of them out there. That's the best thing about those girls is that somebody pays them, so I never have to, you know. <laughs> well, I watched a documentary about girls entering the amateur porn business, and this guy paid to fly him down to Miami and live in his house and, you know. Oh, okay. I think thinking, I know which guy that is, yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like... It's a good setup, except for the part that sucks. But mostly, it's you know, if they're into it, it's not a bad deal. Right, but they don't weren't making that much money and stuff. And I'm thinking, girls, you oh, that's the part they were getting screwed on then. But I'm like thinking, you could have done this on a webcam from your own bedroom and charge people to watch you. You don't have to actually go anywhere nowadays to do that. Well, that's that's what they do now. There's some some girls still go to the studio places where they have set up for a bunch of people so that they can not have to do it around their home and such, but a lot of them this right. obviously in, in their actual bedroom. It's not a setup. You, know, you can tell the difference pretty easily. And so yeah, but a lot of them make a ton of money. You know, Some of them don't, but checked out the website and then I was doing some of the other links that come up when you Google the retro nerds and I saw that uh, YouTube video that you posted the other day. Officially releasing at uh, 2.52 a.m. on Monday. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Although I guess that's 11.52 Pacific but we'll have, maybe we'll switch back and forth every couple weeks maybe. Now can are you doing that automatically or do you have to stay up until almost 3 in the morning to load it? Uh, mostly automatically. There's one place that wants, uh, I, I would have to stand, stand there and do it around the right time, but it's, if it's close, it's fine. And I'm usually up at 3 in the morning anyway. Oh, nice shit. So I usually sleep from about, you know, 4 to 8. <laughs> wow. When I was 20, I could go 3, 4 days without sleeping, but that's a really bad idea now. Right, right, right. Well, even then, it was a bad idea. We just didn't well, know any better, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And get that damn elephant out of the room, too, will ya? Yeah. <laughs> and who brought the midget hookers in here? Well, no, those were real. <laughs> uh, so we did the freak show tour. There were some midgets and some hookers. There must have been some midget hookers. <laughs> nice. Do you miss touring at all or no? No, not particularly. I would I would do it again, like something cool, like if we went on a comedy tour or something like that. That would be awesome. But I don't miss going into you know the inside of. We took 
you know, Ford Econoline vans like, you know, a 70s drug dealer and ripped out all the comforts and linings and everything down to the bare metal and chairs pretty much to pack in as much shit as we could take on the road. So we pack is like full of two liters of pop sleeping bags, which are, you know, like a garbage bag stuffed with clothes. So it wasn't the most comfortable thing. And then we toured through Canada in the winter and there were places where there was nothing for, you know, six, seven hours except snow. <laughs> you know? Oh, so man. It was it was miserable. I didn't, and for whatever you know, I was still looking like I did in high school at the time. Not not the dashing fellow I am today, <laughs> but uh, actually I was much bigger by then. Because on the road, here was a you know, you guys, everybody gets five bucks a day to eat. Sometimes ten if you did well at the merchandise table. And what do you eat with five bucks a day as an adult? Well, you get to get the most crap you can, so it's garbage, you know. Right, right. McDonald's extra value meals twice a day, pretty much. You know, it's uh, like almost 450 pounds when we got off the road. <laughs> yeah. So I was only about 300 pounds in high school, so add another, you know, another 50% on top. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't miss any of that chaos. And the thing is, being that guy at the time, I missed out on all the beneficial things of being on the road, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> the ones that are, are those? The, the scenes that are in the movies and crap. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, those guys were nerds and didn't party anyway. Nobody was doing anything, you know, even slightly, you know, that you would see in a movie. And, uh, you know, they were playing Magic and D&D and, you know, watching wrestling is what they're big, and having a pizza. That was their big party every night. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I was a I was a wrestler for six months, man. Really? You know, I mean, we had a ring in our in our whatever you call it, our compound. Basically, if the FBI would probably raid us now, <laughs> Waco style. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we had a, a wrestling ring and a, an, a, an arena set up in the back room of this warehouse, and you know, I had the stage and the lights and the fireworks and the everything. It was it was WWF, except we were doing it, you know, in this little space for local people Crazy. but they'd throw these parties and get you know 350 people in there watching this shit and the local indie wrestler guys would get like 75 people so it was pretty big for what it was and uh and like well everybody needs to do this I'm like well all right you know i'm sure i can handle this and i was fat as hell so it wasn't going to hurt too much but i wasn't going to be flying around right right so, uh, so they made me gigantor and all i had to do was let people run into me and then i wouldn't budge and they would just fall down like they got knocked out you know. <laughs> oh my it was god usually, usually followed by me lighting a cigarette and putting my foot on their chest while they counted three and it was good and then i had these two chicks that would come up and they were my ring girls so they'd escort me out and stuff it was good oh my god do you have any pictures of your costume or anything I probably have a couple pictures that are not too good. Somebody has video somewhere because everything was filmed, and I know some of it is leaked, but the ones I saw on YouTube are really bad, like 10th generation, you know, looks oh, like trying yeah. to watch cable porn when you haven't paid for the channel. You know? Sticking the toothpick in the uh, cable box. Exactly. <laughs> Though on the one, as bad as it is, my, my friend, you can hear like every 30 seconds go, Woo! I'm like you were drunk as shit in this on YouTube forever. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Your kids are gonna find that. Ha! <laughs> it's payback. Some girls have to woo every three, four seconds when they're drunk. She was totally one of them. I'm like, what? Somebody let Ric Flair in here again? What's going on? <gasps> oh man, that's funny. When I was in the army, I had this buddy that was kind of like a. He would have been a. 
if he didn't have a drug and alcohol problem, he would have been an Olympic wrestler. And uh, when he realized his wrestling career was going under, he uh, wanted to start up a local chapter for Ultimate Fighting Challenge. And he talked me into trying out, and I was just smart enough. After they fitted my teeth for a mouth guard, I decided, you know, I, I don't think this is for me. And <laughs> that's as far yeah, as I went. Yeah, it doesn't sound too cool. That's a little too real. Oh. Know, all the all the wrestling stuff was, you know, everybody working together to cause the illusion, of course, you know. Right, right. I try to show it to my kid now because he buys that, you know, he buys into it like we did, or at least like I did when I was 10. Like, well, it's real because he's hitting him in this thing. Yeah, well, obviously they don't get it, but I show him now. And now it's HD, right? So you can, you, know, you can watch and you can see them whiff really bad sometimes in, in disturbing clarity. You know, right. like see how far he is from his face and now watch what he does. He throws himself back like he got punched in the head, right? <laughs> you know, watch, you can see him throwing himself back if you watch it correctly and now he gets it. Yeah. You know, but it still doesn't stop him from trying to do it on people. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you know. I remember in seventh grade, man. Cedric Brown almost broke my leg doing a figure four leg lock at school. Oh my god. <laughs> so. trouble with Wikipedia this week. Everything on there is crowdsourced. It's not exactly the most accurate resource to go to, but you do find a lot of good things there. 90% of the stuff that's on there is accurate. There's that 5% that is obvious nonsense, like the constant reports that Ace Freely is dead. He's not. He looks like Paul Giamatti now. He's kind of gray, but he's not dead and he still plays. Then there's that stuff that's borderline. It could be true, it could be complete nonsense. You can't really tell because someone did it in such a way as to sort of sneak it in under the radar. I found myself looking at the Wikipedia page for NWA. Wound up at their discography, and I noticed that it said that Straight Outta Compton came out before Easy Does It. Now, if you're from my crew, you know this is 100% false. There's no way. It did not happen like that. But let's figure out how it could be that Wikipedia has completely inaccurate dates and has blocked me from editing the page because they say that my edits are false. Okay, well, it's sort of like the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. That's true from a certain point of view, but it's not actually the truth. Let's dig into this a little bit here. Take it from me, this is the way it happened in 1987, 1988, and 1989. Whatever you're seeing now, well, I'll explain why it looks that way. Let's run down the NWA story from the beginning. You know, the movie's coming out this summer. It's kind of a topical thing to do. People are interested in this, and the information out there is wrong. All right, 1987. We're listening to things like Public Enemy, 
Run DMC. Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince are coming up. On the dirty side of things, we've got two live crew. We've got the master of Bay Area rap, Too Short. Remember, we grew up in the Bay Area, so we were exposed to all of this stuff way before the people in the rest of the country. 87, we're listening to all those things deeply into the rap music of the time because most of the rock was garbage. It was starting to come back. We were getting the hair metal thing. That was cool, but right before that, so like 80, you know, post Michael Jackson and Prince and before NWA, basically, there was this sucky period of music. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of interesting stuff going on for the teenage crowd. Stuff was appealing to adults. Unless you're me, when you're 12, you're not buying George Harrison tapes. You're not listening to Sting. You're looking for something a little bit more, well, sort of childish, really. So anyway, we're listening to all of those artists. We're in the ninth grade. I'm 13. Ralph was 14. And walking out past the school every day, you would hear the bigger kids, the seniors, you know, the guys with the cars and the girls, driving by, and we would just hear these bass line coming out of that all the time. Kept hearing it, and it was just the, you know, the dopest bass line we'd ever heard. Like, what is that? We need to get that. But we weren't really friends with too many of the kids who were driving past, so it wasn't like we could just say, hey, what's that? We had to figure it out. That's how this used to work before there was an internet where you could hold up your phone and it would hear the song and tell you what it is. We had to actually go and try to figure out what it is by looking at tapes, seeing what was selling. So our quest was on. Back then, what we had available was Musicland at the mall. And you know how wonderful Musicland was. It might still be in some places. They had a decent stock of mainstream material and it was really expensive. Like a CD at Musicland was $18.99. I went in to buy Prince's Graffiti Bridge the day it came out at Musicland because I was working at the mall. Picked it up, looked at all the songs on the back, 17, 18 songs. Looked at the $24.99 price tag and figured it was a double CD. It's cool. Bought it, got home, opened it up. One CD for $24.99. Thanks. That was awesome. I loved being up that way. That was great when I was 15. Anyway, we had Musicland, which was overpriced and wouldn't sell you anything with an explicit lyric sticker unless you had ID. Thank you very much. I went in there one day holding a CD copy of Too Short and a CD of Easy Does It, both albums which I had on cassette in my pocket, and the guy at the counter wouldn't sell me that shit. No, I need to see some ID. I looked 18 when I was 15 and probably could have walked in and bought cigarettes somewhere, but this guy wasn't going to sell me some rap music. Think about how screwed our times were when we were kids. So to hell with Musicland. Let's go to the warehouse where we always wind up anyway because A, they don't care what they sell to kids, thank you very much, and B, it was right next door to the Radio Shack, so we'd always have to dip in there and play with things, too. So we wind up in the warehouse, looking through the wall of tapes, and everything there is still pretty familiar. This was the time when you could go in there and pick up cool stuff like the first three Too Short cassettes on 75 Girls Records. You know, Don't Stop Rapping, Players, and Raw Uncut and X-Rated. Is the black and white tape with a little picture of Too Short on it. Those were the original albums that he put out 
from his trunk, managed to get distributed through the local stores, and we all loved that stuff. I actually got MC Hammer's first tape, which was only a local tape also, Feeling My Power. Got that directly from MC Hammer one day when he rolled up at the mall with the trunk full of tapes going, Hey man, who likes rap music? And I said, hey, man, I do. <laughs> so, you know, $7 later, I had this cool new hammer tape that no one ever heard of. And, of course, a year later, the dude was huge. And then another year later, he became kind of a joke. But seriously, when I first got that tape, he was a badass. The point there is that we were up on some stuff a little bit earlier because we were close. So going through the tapes in the warehouse, I see this just... Basic looking cassette, white J card, text written on it almost like it came out of a typewriter. It says NWA and the Posse. First thing is, who the hell is NWA and why are these people his posse, right? So I grab the tape and we're looking at it. Now the front of this tape, I still have the first pressing. The front of it has a big red NWA over half the guy's faces. Uh, this is interesting. It looks like this was maybe whipped together quickly. Next to that was the big selling point to a 13-year-old. A big red box that said, These songs contain explicit lyrics. And it's like explicit with an E-X-X-X-plicit. You know, triple X. Whoa! Triple X lyrics. Well, we had two live crew. They had some triple X lyrics. What's this about? Flip it over and look at the songs. Boys in the Hood, 8-Ball, Dope Man. Okay, this doesn't sound like it's about sex. Yet it still has a triple explicit label on the front. What's going on with this? I don't know, man, but there's way too much about this tape that says I need to take it home today. So, pull that sucker out, go to the counter, give them their 7 or 8 bucks, on the way. Now, in order for me to have this tape, I have to keep it hidden. And I know Ralph had to keep his tapes hidden too. In fact, a lot of times when it was available, I would go buy the Kmart version of the album as well, the radio edit, the one with no explicit lyrics or sticker. And I would put that in my case so that when my mom inevitably snooped during the day, she would find clean versions and not get all pissed off at me and throw my stuff away. You know, she threw stuff away all the time. I remember having Two Live Crew and Ice-T stuffed under my bookshelf to sort of bend up the metal bottom of the shelf and slide the tapes underneath so that nobody could find them because I had to buy Ice-T the Iceberg at least three different times from her finding it and throwing it away. Now, did this make any sense? Well, of course not because as a 13-year-old, where do you think I got the money to go buy it again? She'd throw away my tape I'd get pissed off, we'd have an argument, and then Friday she'd give me ten more dollars, which I would promptly take back to the mall and repurchase my cassette. Okay? It made no sense to anyone, so if you're a parent right now that likes to do things like that, you should stop and think about it. It makes no sense. You're not helping. Okay. Mini rant aside. We brought home the NWA cassette, popped it in the deck, and it was the doorway to an entirely new world. The first thing that came out of that, following the little bit of tape hiss, was cruising down the street in my 6'4". And I gotta say 6'4", because if you say 6'4", it doesn't rhyme anymore. See, you gotta be with the 6'4". So immediately, this is like, Easy had that weird voice. You know, 
which wasn't really his voice. It was sort of a pitch shifter and his voice. If you listen to those early records, everything N.W.A. did had a pitch shifter. Go listen to the first version of Dope Man. You hear Ice Cube and you hear, you know, uh, three half steps pitched down Ice Cube underneath him. It was once said by a man who couldn't quit. Dope Man, please, can I have another hit? The Dope Man said, clock, I don't give a shit if your girl kneeled down and suck my... They always did that. That was sort of the devil voice back then. Isham did that in Detroit for years, too. It was just a thing, like Too Short always had an echo on every single line. These were just signature sounds of certain groups. This is an introduction to Eazy-E. We're in 1987 still at this point. Now, NWA and the Posse, we would find out a little bit later, was a compilation of different 12 inches by several groups, hence NWA and the Posse. But at that point, we still thought NWA was a person. We didn't know what it stood for. It's like DMC, NWA. Okay, that's cool. We didn't know. Back then we had to discover. It was great. Now everything is handed to you. Buy this, buy this, buy this. And most of it sucks. Back then you had to dig for the magic. Okay, and we did. Because, first of all, you know how many rap records there were in 1987? A small section like real small, like one row in a store with 45 rows. I remember walking into the store and being thrilled one day because the label on the section actually said R&B, soul, and rap, and not just R&B, soul. Every time you wanted to buy a rap cassette in 85 and 86, you had to go to the R&B and soul section. Was it R&B or soul music? No. Once it got a little bit bigger, Rap music got its own dedicated section, and now it's huge. Well, now it's not huge anymore because there really aren't any record stores. But their little section of iTunes is huge, right? All right, so we heard Boys in the Hood, and when the uh, music kicked in, we're like, hey, is that that bass line? It's pretty close to the one we were, we've been hearing. Well, actually, it turns out that the bass line that we were hearing was Freaky Tales from Too Short. We didn't know that yet, and the reason why we couldn't find it was because the Born to Mac album came out locally on 75 Girls and was promptly pulled because Too Short signed to Jive. So the local record was removed from shelves and we couldn't find it. There were copies in everybody's car, but there was none in our tape case. Born to Mac wouldn't be back in print until after Life is Too Short came out. He got popular and Jive decided to reissue the previous album. Either way, whether this was the tape we were looking for or not, we'd found a gem here. This was awesome. Every song on this tape was cool. Well, some of you guys didn't like the Rappenstein song, but I still like that. This sh Put it on now. That beat bangs. I don't care what you do. Yo, right about now, Rappenstein and Rappenstein Now we're fans of NWA and Eazy-E, and are slowly figuring out that NWA is not another name for Ice Cube, 
but for a group of guys. This is where things really start to get interesting, but we're going to save that for next week when we come back with part two of the NWA Retrospective. 252. Yeah, we make fun of Kmart pants and shoes, but I do miss Kmart deli, you know, and Kmart cafeteria. See, those things were quality, and nobody nobody knows about that anymore. We well, they have the the Nathan's well, cafe yeah, now there. They don't have they had a Kmart cafe anymore. Right, they had Little Caesars for a long time too. But before that, you know, they used to have the cafeteria in the back where you got the tray and you mm-hmm. slid it along the thing, and you know they'd have like a, you know, one display case full of Jello and pudding. Which when you're a kid, like, well, this is pretty awesome. I'm gonna have to take one of these out, you know. And then you could order your whatever from the menu, and then you know they'd come and bring it to your table later with the little, you know, you'd have to put the little number on the table, and then somebody'd bring it out. Mm-hmm. But that stuff was actually good. You know, it seems like yeah, I, I'm sure that was wonderful, but it was. It was pretty good stuff. I don't know why. You know, they must have not been cheaping out on it or whatever. Right. But well, now right. yeah, the cafe has a whole bunch of different stuff now because they have Nathan's hot dogs. That's good. And I, but that's like. You know, that's a chain, so it's, it's a different thing. Right, right. And then they do have the Kmart subs. That's cool. Because um, they used to have that in the front, too, where you could get, like, you know, the chopped ham sandwich that was on a hamburger bun and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, all those. You could get a bag of those things for, like, a buck. You know, they five sandwiches, you know. <laughs> Which, as a fat kid, was, like, quality, you know. And I must say, I am there every day, but I never buy anything at the cafe. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, that's like when you work at McDonald's, you don't want to eat McDonald's. Like, yeah, when nasty. I have to smell it at 9 a.m., I'm like, dude, that's just not good. We worked at Chick-fil-A for most of a year, and Pat was there for a couple of years, I think. But uh... In actuality, we ain't done shit. We just hang at the mall, occasionally walk by, say what up to Professor Pat. Yeah. We don't care about Biz or Amy or that Kelly or Chip and Teresa or that nappy headed white afro wearing this having this monster afro shit Annette. Annette. She's queen guest of them all. Yeah, amen, brother. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A 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 Bottom line We don't want nothing to have to do with that Cockroach infested Old ass food Nasty tasting Lemonade Burnt ass fries Sitting out on the counter for five hours my sound check man, my DJ boy, Franco, he was working there. They kicked his ass out for being smooth. He was down with the crew, they kicked him out. Off them all. That stuff, even though we saw how it was made and how, you know, everything, we saw everything there, we still ate that. That was pretty good. But, uh, you know, my friends that worked at Burger King, they're like, oh, I don't want to even look at a Burger King. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
my friend at the pizza place, he did not want to eat any pizza, but we would still eat Chick-fil-A. So that stuff was actually quality for the cost. Now it costs like eight bucks a sandwich or something probably. But you know, the only thing that was wrong there was that it was in the mall. So there was roaches all over the oh, place. Oh, gross. No. They, if they got in any food, then the food got thrown away. No, but they, they were still all over the walls and oh. people would be at ugh. You know. No, no, no. Like uh, the Nathan's at Kmart's, it's clean. There's no bugs. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, th if you're in a, have you ever worked inside a mall? No, no. In the mall, like the dumpsters are, you know, community dumpsters, right? Oh. So each little, you know, how the malls kind of have their little wings where they sort of separate off into little chunks. Right. You know, e each one of those chunks has a hallway there by one of those doors that says "Do not enter." And you go down there, and there's the dumpster for, like, the, the eight stores that surround that. Mm -mm. And where the food is, they usually put a few restaurants in, in the area. Now they probably have them all because they have the food court. But we were kind of spread apart a little more. Mm. But you go in there, and, like, you know, we had it. It was us and Orange Julius, so there was tons of fruit and stuff like that, you know, orange peels and shit all over the oh. place and sugar, sugary stuff. And then people that were assholes would, like, throw this shit at the dumpster and miss, and it would just splatter all over the place. So bugs were like, this is awesome. There's sugar. There's, you know, rotting vegetation. There's all kinds of good ish here. You know, so the, the, the roaches are just everywhere. That is gross. Because, yeah, people would be ordering their stuff, and they'd be like, well, does that roach come with it? And you'd look up and like, damn it, get off the wall while we're trying to sell shit. <laughs> so you're saying never eat at the mall. That would probably be a good idea, yeah. Mm. I don't think I've done it since I was probably 16, but I would probably avoid doing it now, yeah. Yeah. Yucca. Because no matter how, I mean, we cleaned it, everything. We scrubbed everything, cleaned it. Now, like, it wasn't one of those things where they said, oh, we haven't cleaned the machine since 1986. No, we cleaned everything well every day, but the surrounding area was surrounded with bugs, you know. So you can't keep them out once they're in the, you know, it was like, it's a mall. The front gate is an open wall, you know. <laughs> There's no bug proof in this thing. So, yeah, that was terrible. But the food was good. <laughs> I haven't been to the mall in forever. There's nothing at the mall anymore. You know, the ones here. No, not here at all. You're right. Uh, here, too. I used to go, even the ones that I used to go to all the time, the last time I was there, like, everything was missing. Like, oh, boarded up wall right. you know for half the thing and then like a lady's shoe store and it's like well you know there's no record stores anymore so you don't have to worry about that there's really not too much as far as bookstores anymore or video game all that's just come you know gone like if they could just turn the mall into amazon store and it would be cool you know? <laughs> let's just rebrand all the malls with an amazon logo and just put little compartments of stuff you know right they can use it as their warehouse and as storefronts right yeah. exactly it'd be easy enough to do they could use the big stores as the you know warehouses mm -hmm. if they wanted to right and you could go pick up your order if you wanted well, it working, today uh, they're working on that anyway yeah. so it would make sense because they want to buy and build warehouses everywhere. We'll just buy the malls that nobody wants. <laughs> they want Good us job. to now start getting on the PA and making announcements. Can you imagine me trying to do that? Yeah, if you do this a few times, you'll be good at it. Hello. Uh, Welcome to Kmart. 
you know, hello and welcome to Kmart. You have to put on the, you know, the pretend you're Guy Smiley from uh, Sesame Street, and that's usually the speaker guy voice. See, but the thing is, at my work, if you do something too good, then you're the one who's stuck doing it all the time. So you can't be really bad or you can't be really good. Right, that's true. <laughs> No, that's why I always wind up doing a lot of things wherever I'm at doing things because of that very thing. But then, like, I say, well, you should pay me for these things, and then they have a problem, you know. <laughs> oh, I love Kmarts. I do, too. And you can tell that you're from the Midwest because you said Kmarts. Why? Because you also say Myers. It is Kmarts. But it isn't because it says Kmart and there's no S. But people from Michigan especially will always say I'm going okay. to Kmart. Kmart is from Michigan. So right. if this is the way we pronounce it. It is the correct way to pronounce it. It is, but it's just they didn't, they didn't put it in the actual name. Kmart, you know? I mean. And I think that comes from the, the outgrowth of it. You, you, they used to have Kreskies. You remember Kreskies? All right. I don't remember, but I know the history because, you know, I work at Kmart. You work at the, the original. Yeah, you're, yeah. A slight young, you're slightly younger, so you don't remember that. They still had Kreskies, at least around here, until like the late 80s, but you just probably not where you were. And, and if, but, I call, uh, if we call it Kmart's and, we're the fir- and I work at the first Kmart's ever open, we must be pronouncing it correctly. And the rest of the country is wrong. Right. But so the same thing was with Kreskies because I'll still say it every time. But if you look at sign or their logo, there is no apostrophe S. It just said Kresge, you know, but that didn't sound right at all. It would say Woolworths, too, when they had those, you know. Or uh, if you're really old like me, you could go down to Cunningham's, which was the drugstore. Yeah. Which just said Cunningham Drugs. There was no apostrophe S, but that's, you know, it comes from the days, I think, and I was at the end of that when people's, businesses were owned by actual individuals with uh, the name you know like mr cunningham owned cunningham drugs when it started right right so you're, you're not going down to that store you're going down to his place so cunningham's you know mr cunningham's pharmacy or whatever you're going to so that's how that got started i think and then around here it's just people have hung on to it forever you know, it sounds right but obviously you know, <laughs> people get pissed and my store saying Walmarts is worse than saying fuck you. Oh, see Walmarts. Again, you're from, you're from here. <laughs> Walmart. No, I say it with an S too. I'm just pointing it out that, yeah, we do that. And people other places think we sound weird, but that's just how it is. And if you see a sitcom that's based here, they do that correctly, then they'll say that too. So well, if you watch the Goldbergs, I don't even know if they're supposed to be here. They're not in Michigan, but they're in the Midwest, I think. Right. I'm not sure where they are, but they usually have the Midwesternisms correctly, even though they fuck up the 80s at random. Well, do you watch that show? Yeah, of course. Okay, like they, like so it's 1980-something. I'm like, well, the, three of the things you're doing in this episode were chronologically distant, you know, like you got some shit from 83, some well, stuff from 89, you know. Well, you know how it is, though. He has a bunch of stories from when he's younger, and you have to make it into one episode, so yeah, I'm that's, sure. Yeah, that's really what it is. I mean, I'm sure most of the stuff has something to do with what really happened, you know. Well, yeah, or, a lot of it seems to, yeah, it's just out of, it's out of time is all it is, you know. Right. Everything is, is, you know, based on reality. It's just randomized a bit for TV. <laughs> yeah, you surprised. I still like watch halfway decent shows. Did you ever watch the monster from hell? I, I think I tried to watch okay. it. 
Yeah, it's it's not good. It's just, it's kind of funny, but yeah, it's not good. There's minutes. <laughs> of, there's a couple moments of it that are pretty good. <laughs> and then, and you know, it was good compared to what the kids could do nowadays. Oh well, yeah, you can't. You can't. That's, oh, it's cool that you guys did that. We didn't have anything to edit or make effects or anything with. That's for sure. Right, right. We we just had it Saturday and a camera. You know. <laughs> yeah, but the one of the big ones that took the VHS tapes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, now they would just call that guerrilla filmmaking. We went into the to the bedroom with a camera, and picked up shit that was around and said, "What movie can we make with these items?" And we said, "Well, we've got a mask and some fake weapons and some real weapons, <laughs> and a bunch and a bunch of people and like a door and this is all we have here and a shed." Uh, that was it, and we couldn't disturb the dad who was sleeping on the couch, so we couldn't even go into the house. Uh, so with like literally, you know, one room and one backyard of a set, you know, and these six props or whatever, what can we do? And then everybody improvised. It was all ad lib, you know. Uh, we shot that one take. There was no editing. Uh, that was what it was. So it was basically theater, you know. <laughs> That's cool. And to get like six teenagers to put on a 15 minute act like that was actually kind of you know back then we showed it to people like wow this is really cool right right you know, now it's now it's stupid but yeah now a 10 year old with an iphone could do some oh, sure <laughs> i mean these kids but they have no imagination because of it yeah they don't really you know so what's what's thomas's routine on a saturday night he just hangs out and watches his game on his computer yeah he does pretty much it he's up there building some lego stuff if I, you know, if I get done doing stuff and go get him, he'll come down and watch some shows or something and hang out on the couch for two hours. But if I'm watching a show with him or a movie or anything, he's also on his, you know, his Game Boy, his DS, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's playing a game and he's looking at this and he's, you know, singing a song and he's trying to do you know, 50 things at once. And it's like, well, are we watching a movie or not? Because you don't have any idea what the hell is going on. And then you're going to ask me what's going on. <laughs> well, I don't know what's going on. Well, maybe because you weren't looking at all for 40 minutes. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, man. So do you, I don't remember us talking about it, but do you remember the glorious ladies of wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of lame, but I used to watch it because chicks in spandex. (laughs) Exactly. I don't remember any of them. I couldn't tell you anything about them, but I definitely used to watch that on like channel fifty-eight. <laughs> oh, exactly, fifty-eight or twenty. What was the, what was the other one that used to show like Tennessee Tuxedo, thirty-one? Yeah, I didn't. Okay, oh, yeah, thirty-one. Say I didn't have cable, so you also had twenty and forty. Oh yeah. Or no, I had forty. You had twenty and uh, forty-eight or something. The San Francisco one. Forty-four, KB8. There you go. Yeah. That was the good one. I couldn't get. Yeah, that was the one that would show Benny Hill at like one in the morning. I got that in Antioch, but not in Fairfield. I was pissed off. Yeah. The only part of Antioch you'd recognize is the mall uh, has <laughs> portions of it that are still the same. Um, and then Summersville kind of looks the same, but after that, it's like a whole different world. And like all of that, Deer Valley uh, High School is like super gangster and you know, oh man, yeah, it's 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 really kind of sad, you know, because kind of like what we were talking about when we were together, like all of the innocence that we just kind of were used to is all gone, you know. 
That's like the, the school here is about a quarter mile away. It takes us six minutes to walk there in the morning. You know, it's almost, I can almost see it from the upstairs bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, but letting the kid walk by himself causes like six parents to call me up and tell me what an asshole I am. You know? <laughs> That's great. Dude, and how much like, walking did we used to do? <laughs> Yeah, I said, man, I used to, well, I was a little older at that point, but when I was, you know, his age, I could, you know, walk to school in the morning without a problem, and it was further than he has to go now, mm-hmm. and they said, well, things were different then, I said, well, were they really, because uh, they say things were different then, but we were worried about, you know, the Night Stalker, and the, you know, the guy that, that, that stu- uh, took Adam Walsh, and all that stuff, we had worries of the same type back then, I don't think it is worse now, I think it's just more, you know, more alarmist, everybody's worried about about it more oh, absolutely dude I, there's there's footage out there uh channel two when that whole john walsh thing was going on when his son was kidnapped uh, right. i was actually interviewed on my way to school they were like aren't you really? scared to walk to school i'm like no i've been doing this since i was little and i was little then. <laughs> you know? yeah so um i've got those i like my whole rush to get those watches to you guys, I didn't. Uh, I've got a bunch of stickers of those same Adonis logos. Oh, cool! I had to order them in a in a bunch, so I've got like three hundred of them. <laughs> <laughs> Start just going around San Francisco, sticking them on things. Oh yeah. We'll get on the news. The strange Adonis symbol. I think it's a terrorist organization. Right. There's a splinter cell that started in San Francisco. But anyway, you put it upside down so it looks like it says Sonoda. I mean, <laughs> or or it's a smile. It'll be like you know, Mister Happy Face from Happy. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, one of those Darwin fish or something. You know? Right. What does it mean? Yeah. But it, <laughs> anyways, expect to get a, a package of stickers. That oh, cool. Be absolutely useless other than to three people on the planet. <laughs> That's okay. I can find lots of things that are cool to do with those. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I stuck one on my tablet. That's what started that whole Adonis branding conversation. Nice. I had to have the kid build some sort of, like, you know, Lego uh, headquarters, and we'll put the Adonis sticker on the <laughs> That'd be funny. You're Adonis playset. <laughs> Watch Uncle Leonidas try to kill his nearest relative. See, I'm sure we have, like, a... Count Dooku or something from Star Wars that's like a gray old man head <laughs> and there's another one that's a guy who's in his pajamas. I could probably make Lego <laughs> Leonida. Oh my god, that would be something. <laughs> Let's do the Lego sensuous nurse. <laughs> that would be pretty funny actually. <laughs> just build it you know, scene for scene, this the good parts, you know, maybe five minutes worth and just re-dialogue it ourselves because you know, we know all the words. You know. yeah. Oh, man. If they had the internet like it is now, when we were 15, we would be huge, you know? Yeah. Everybody can have their own channel now. It's crazy. My kid wants to be one of these YouTube Let's Play people, and I'm like, go for it, because a lot of these people are making, you know, the ones who aren't even good at it are making a couple thousand bucks a month. No, you get like 10,000 views and you start making like real money, you know? Yeah, exactly, you know. There's even people that post and monetize things like, you know, what was it today I was watching? Oh, Slick Rick, it was Lottie Dottie. There's a picture of the 12-inch with the song, and it wasn't even the 12-inch version, those bastards. But uh, it had like a million two hits, you know, and it's on some fool's webpage. It's not an official thing. It's just some guy posted this, and, you know, it's like, well, how much did you get paid for posting this, you know, not even yours? 
know, every time I post anything even slightly, you know, that uh, the thing with the, the Star Wars and Michael Jackson, three seconds after it goes up, I get the hit like, we have identified this is Sony's copyrighted stuff, so we're going to monetize it and fuck you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But that's better than they used to mute everything and just say you can't do this. So I'd rather let them do that than you know take away the content. That's cool. But it's like, man, you know, how do people get away with that? Where like they have an entire popular album up there and have millions of hits on it, and they don't get nicked. It's like, what's the deal? Right. It's a hit and run, I suppose. They set up accounts, do it, and then take the stuff and go away. Oh, is that what you think's going on? It's like they post it long enough, and then. The- once they get uh, dismantled, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Let's go put something else up somewhere else because all the names are random anyway. Palmer appeared in a long list of movies and shows that most people our age have never seen. But in her role as Mrs. Voorhees, she became well known to us as that lady that scared the crap out of us when we were little kids. I remember the ads for the original Friday the 13th film. Horror movies in general had some extremely schlocky radio ads running in constant rotation back then. Every time you turned on the radio, you'd hear two or three of these ads for a horrible, frightening movie, which were really the same cheesy movies that we learned to love. But as little kids, we didn't realize that most of that was advertising. What happened was true. most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America. Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. Dawn 
of the dead. Night of the living dead has ended. Dawn of the dead is here. Get in room! It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kills. They must be destroyed on sight. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Dawn of the dead. Friday the 13th was different, though. I saw bits of that while walking through someone's living room one night, and... Oh, who's this nice old lady on TV? What's she doing with that... And that was the last I saw of that series until I was much older. The later movies featured Jason, of course, with or without his hockey mask, but in that first movie, Mrs. Voorhees was even more scary because she was real. Jason rarely seemed like he could exist in our world, but his mother, she looked like the lunch lady. I won't. And even though she thought the movie was a pile of crap, Betsy Palmer learned to embrace her role in horror history in later years, as it made her more famous than anything else she'd ever done. Rest in peace, Mrs. Voorhees. Maybe they'll bring you back for a sequel. Well, that about does it for this episode of 252. Thanks to everyone who appeared on this week's show, and thanks to all of you who sent in comments and suggestions about last week's show. Let us know what you're thinking via email at retronerds252 at gmail.com. We'll end today's show with a mashup moment. Thanks for listening.
Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Donna. Pull yourself together.